Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Crypto Entrepreneur's Podcast with your host, Charles. Enjoy. What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 42 of the Crypto Entrepreneur's Podcast. It's your host, Charles Ith, and today I'm sitting down with the co-founder of Crypto Invest Summit and Gorham Homes Venture, uh, Alon Gorham. And uh, today we've got a lot to talk about. Uh, we're going to be talking about some of the projects and companies that Alon is either involved with or has started himself. Uh, we're going to be talking about Crypto Invest Summit because that is just around the corner. Uh, it's actually on the 15th and the 16th, which is next week. Uh, so get excited for that. Um, and lastly, you know, Alon's going to give you some tips on how to make the most of your conference experience. Uh, because recently on Twitter, I've seen a lot of people talking about how the, conf- the last conference they went to has been you know, a little lackluster, they haven't gained as much as they've wanted to, and they're just not that excited to go to anymore. Um, so you know, there's a lot of things you can do to really make the most of it, and uh, we've got the co-founder of Crypto Invest Summit here to give you those tips. Um, so without further ado, let's get into it. So before we really jump into things, um, can you just give us a little bit of background on yourself and what you were doing before you found cryptocurrencies? Yeah, so I, um, I'm, I'm a, a techie pretty much my whole life. I grew up uh, in a house where we were super lucky in that we got a computer when I was like in, uh, we got like a real computer, uh, quote unquote real computer when I was probably in like junior high age. Actually, I know exactly. I was going into sixth grade. It was the summer before sixth grade because we moved houses, and um, we, uh, my brother, my older brother was a was a, a techie and logging into like BBSs and things like that. And so I, I learned a lot about that world very very early. Even though I grew up in a house where like we had a family business that rebuilt auto parts, so like not technical in that way at all. Um, but we we learned how to use the internet to help sell more auto parts or to to do the things we wanted to do like just today i joked on twitter about running a script to send aol uh the request to get the free floppy disk for like the free trial of aol and we had boxes and boxes and boxes of those floppy disks because they were free disks versus going to the store and buying disks <laughs> so like we were doing shit like that from a very very young age uh and my first jobs in tech uh, were, uh, I, I got a very, I had a short stint in the systems architecture group at Countrywide while I was in school, but then I got a job at MySpace and then IMDB. Uh, and then from IMDB, I started my own company called Invested In that helped people who wanted to launch crowdfunding platforms. And the crowdfunding world sort of melted and morphed into the crypto world at a certain point point. Uh, so when that happened, our conference that was called Crowd Invest Summit at the time uh, became Crypto Invest Summit. Um, and there's all sorts of stories and cool things in between, like uh, uh, 2012 or so, uh, one of our first clients were actually was, was Adam Draper, um, who runs Boost, and we launched something for him called Boost Funder. Um, and uh, uh, very quickly we realized like he wanted to do what wasn't really technically legal yet on the internet in terms of fundraising. And um, uh, he ended up shifting focus um, 
to doing Boost as an accelerator. And a lot of his original first companies were crypto companies. Um, so we got to learn from like an insider's perspective and meet a lot of those cool uh, entrepreneurs and people building crypto companies and learned about it. And for a short period of time, we actually experimented and tried to see if we could use crypto for micropayments on crowdfunding sites. And so to learn about it, we actually did a team building exercise where we built a mining rig in our office. This was like early 2013. We uh, didn't have enough processing power even back then to get enough Bitcoin to feel like we were doing a, a cool thing. So we ended up mining Litecoin and uh, we mined some Litecoin. And then a few weeks later, our, our landlord shut us down because we were using up so much electricity in this makeshift mining rig that we, we put together um, that uh, uh, he, he got really mad at us. And we, I think, took like our electricity bill for that month for the whole building, which he made us pay, was more expensive than our uh, rent for our office uh, that month, um, <laughs> which was which was pretty wild. Um, but we unfortunately didn't play with any crypto uh, after that because it was just not ready yet for, for consumers and any of our clients and stuff like that. And I sort of got back into it in probably 2016 or so. Um, and then we, we turned CIS into what it is today. And, uh, and uh, now our focus is uh, uh, finding the coolest crypto entrepreneurs in the world and trying to be on the same team as them. I really support that last part just because this whole show is about <laughs> bringing entrepreneurs on, them telling their stories. Um, so, you know, there might be something we can do together. I can send you some guys, some of the past people I've had on, any previous people. Um, that would be awesome. Yeah, I thought, you know, when we first scheduled this, I thought it was going to be a podcast all about talking trash on Twitter. I'm, I'm a little disappointed, but I'm super stoked. <laughs> I actually have some guys coming on tonight, uh, part of the quote unquote vile gang. I don't know if you know any of those guys, but uh, we'll be talking more trash. And this one, this one's pretty serious just because, you know, you have Crypto Invest Summit coming up next week. It's the 15th and the 16th. So I really wanted to come on and have you talk about that. Um, but so you're a tech guy. You've been a tech guy since you were in sixth grade, you said, going into sixth grade. Um, and that's a little bit different for me. I've always been a finance guy, and that's kind of how I found crypto. It's either finance or tech, and those are the stories that I always hear. Um, and your your story, it's, it's amazing. You know, you started with you worked at MySpace, you moved on to IMDB, you then started your own company um, that had to do with crowdfunding. And then the crowdfunding scene kind of became the crypto f crowdfunding scene, if I was hearing that yeah. correctly. Um, and then crowd, yeah. that company you had crowd invest summit turned into what you guys have today, which is crypto invest summit. Um, so yeah beautiful transition and beautiful progression um, from when you first got introduced to now. Um, and so before I had you on, I was taking a look at your Twitter bio and you've got, you know, I think it says you're the co-founder of five different blockchain or crypto companies. <laughs> so um, not, not exactly. Well, so if uh, I, I have to look at what it says on Twitter, but um, so like, uh, uh, my, my, my ADD is forcing me to look at it like this moment. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, so, so really, you know, uh, it, it all is, it kind of goes to, goes to 
all, all avenues and all roads lead to to one place, which is GHV, um, which is just called Gorin Home Ventures. I was working for a, a period of time because of my work in crowdfunding and all that. Uh, it's it's funny you say your your background is finance. Um, I thought I was a genius because all my friends and my brother, who was a, a, an engineer, was were being asked to work uh, more hours and they were being begged to quit school when they were going to school. So I thought I was a genius going to school for business instead of uh, computer science. And in a way that was that was really good. And the reason I started my crowdfunding company was because I wanted to enable people to raise money on the internet as easy as it was to do these ridiculous social media campaigns that I was a part of like back in the day uh, at MySpace. And so I thought you should be able to use this to raise money for your company before I really realized it was super illegal to raise money uh, in the way I really wanted to on the internet. Um, so, so that kind of all drove me to this world and, and I, I always was sort of had this mind for trying to, to completely just destroy um, the the current system and the way people do things and and bring them to to modern times and and bring them to the world in a in a more fair way and so I was always sort of asking some of the VCs that uh, I knew how things worked and learning about them and I joined one of those firms for for a period of time and crypto kind of blew up right at that time and I was the guy who kept feeling like every sort of company I met that was coming through the conference or every cool company I wanted to hang out with was offering me to be an advisor to do something. And I was the guy going, oh, that's a conflict with the the firm that I work for. And so let's try to get them to invest. Let's try to do something. But I, I stayed friends with everyone. I didn't take any advisor shares while everybody else is like taking tokens and, you know, doing, doing crazy shit and making a lot of money. And uh, in hindsight, I did the right thing at the time. I felt like an idiot, but um, when the conference sort of took off and things were moving, I, I ended up leaving the firm so I could focus uh, on doing the CIS stuff. And my partner, Joseph, who I do CIS with, we created a uh, an LLC that was just called Gorin Home Group, or, uh, but we, we publicly called it Gorin Home Ventures. And we're just like, when we work with a cool company that we really like, um, we'll try to get advisor shares or make some small investment and do something like that um, into this company. And what ended up happening is we realized everything we were doing sort of was all leading to one place and it was all leading to this one company. And so we, we sort of used the access we got with the conference um, and this, this opportunity to hang out with cool people like you uh, to, to meet new awesome uh, entrepreneurs and try and bet bet on them. And so we haven't had much cash to invest uh, because putting on conferences, at least in the style that we do it, is not uh, a profitable <laughs> endeavor. Uh, but uh, we've we've been able to use that as this cool platform for all of our portfolio companies. And uh, we've now have uh, over 10 portfolio companies and we've built a very cool thing and, and we have some cool announcements in the works that, that's sort of taking it to the next level also. Um, but the idea is, uh, is that all these things are, are really one thing. Um, they're really just this one, uh, uh, you know, leading everything. So if I look at my, my Twitter account and it says Gordon Home, uh, that security token summit, crypto invest summit, that's all sort of 
our day-to-day Gordon Home produces those events. Um, this thing that I have on there called 805 Startups is really run by my friend Gary now, my childhood friend. I live north of LA in this area called Ventura County. That's technically the 805 area code. And there just were no startup and tech events in the 805 uh, a few years ago. There, there were some, very few. And so we just created this networking group of nerds that would meet for lunch there and create an excuse to work from home. And uh, we, we do cool events up here. Um, uh, just like, you know, the type of stuff that you that's, happens every single night times two or three in LA or New York. But when you're an hour north of a, of a city, it doesn't happen as often. And so we just figured let's, let's do it from here and it turned into a cool group. But I, I don't do that um, day to day at all anymore. Um, and then Onera, that company is the first company that we sort of incubated through Goran Holm. Uh, Ami Ben David uh, is the full-time CEO of that company and Joseph and I kind of fulfilled the uh, CMO role and uh, marketing role for it. It's a, an infrastructure for digital securities um, and it's a, a blockchain built on uh, Hyperledger, uh, but it's the first public one, as far as we know, that's been launched, and it's just for digital securities. So it's it's sort of the opposite end of the spectrum uh, from the DeFi stuff we really are obsessed with and came to this industry for. But it's a cool thing, in my opinion, because it's using technology to streamline and make the almost unusable regulations around the world um, for raising money online uh, actually usable. So it's like DeFi completely circumvents them. This makes it so that they're not as relevant. Um, So uh, I think it's a really, really cool thing. And I think that as much as we wish we could just say, fuck the system and raise money however we want, the crazy world we live in is run by the banks. And so somehow securities fraud even if it's it's categorized as fraud, even if it's not actually fraud and you're not stealing money from anyone or doing anything like that, um, puts people in jail. So I don't want my good friends who decide to post about their startup raising money on the internet but didn't file the right forms to go to jail. I want them to have a system they can do that in and still be able to live freely in this country, even if I don't agree with the rules. So I, I, I love uh, Onera for that. And it creates crazy cool opportunities in the long term to actually create like new jurisdictions or to choose which jur- jurisdiction you want to participate in. It gets really nerdy and really technical once you start diving in. Um, and I, I know that it totally divides the, my hardcore crypto friends and myself sometimes because like, Ideally, you you want something to work a certain way, um, but it doesn't. <laughs> and and it's uh, and uh, at least somebody like me with with kids and a family and wanting to stay living in California, I have to not break the rules. I mean, I was going to ask you, uh, you know, kind of to give us a brief rundown of each of them, and you did that. Um, but it really sounds like you have your hand in just so many different things. And uh, this creation of Goren Home Ventures um, kind of sounds like the ideal way to go. Um, and you've kind of just got everything under this giant umbrella. You talked about, you know, Onera and how they do like infrastructure for digital securities. Um, and you got into it a little bit there, but I didn't want to get, you know, too, I don't want to get too deep into the details of it um, just because there's so much other stuff that I do want to talk about on this episode. 
Um, and then, so for anyone who's you know listening to this, I'm kind of going through his bio. He's got Gorham Home, Onera, uh, Crypto Invest Summit, SEC Token Summit, and 805 Startups. Um, and so with Onera, like I said, it was that infrastructure for digital securities. Uh, the two summits, these are conferences that we can go to, and we're actually going to talk about Crypto Invest Summit a little bit more in, in uh, just a minute. Um, and then lastly, you have 805 Startups, and um, you talked about how, you know, LA is this kind of hub, um, and just outside the city venture, it's, you know, an hour or so north. Uh, there's not much going on there. So it was kind of events for the 805 in which everyone can kind of, in that area, can meet up and they don't have to be driving all the way down to LA. So I really appreciate you just walking us through kind of each one of those things. Um, and again, it sounds like you've got so much going on. Um, but I do want to talk a little bit more about Crypto Invest Summit. Um, and so I've got a, a few questions yeah. for you. So can you just talk to us about why you created the event, who it's for, some of the speakers that are going to be there, and um, why you think my audience and people in you know LA, the greater LA area, should attend the conference? Yeah, so um, uh, it's it's it was actually kind of simple. Like I, like I told you before, it started because the crowdfunding world, um, but it it's so similar in the crypto world, and I think it's just the way it is in, in new industries in general. Joseph and I uh, knew each other in the crowdfunding world, but didn't work together but we'd hang out at like multiple conferences a year. And one of the times we were hanging out at a conference in Vegas. And what's funny is I'm thinking back and like some of our friends from the crypto world were there too, but the crypto world wasn't what it is today yet. And, and they weren't participating at all in it uh, yet. Um, but, uh, but we're sitting there having a drink at a bar at a hotel in Vegas um, talking about what a waste of time the conference was <laughs> because it was us hanging out with all the different service providers in the industry and there wasn't one investor there and there wasn't one company who was using crowdfunding to raise money there. So we were joking like none of our customers would actually have any incentive to be there. And so what's the point of us being there? And he lived in Santa Monica. I live in Southern California also. We're like, we could literally hang out and have a beer anytime, but it takes us being in freaking Orlando, Florida at some conference or in Vegas at some conference to do it. And so we decided, you know what? Uh, let's just create a conference in LA that's catered towards the companies actually raising money and the investors who want to see those companies. And we uh, set the first conference up in, in just a few months. And it was, uh, it was about five times bigger than the biggest crowdfunding conference there ever was until that point. And uh, the reason was like people actually had a reason to go now that were interested in crowdfunding. And, and also because uh, of LA having a very cool and Southern California having a very cool startup scene who wanted to learn about this and, uh, and people who wanted to learn about creating companies uh, to, to crowdfund with or to, uh, to invest in crowdfunding. So, so when, when the crypto world kind of started taking off, we realized uh, a very similar thing. One, there was no crypto conference in LA that was more than like a meetup group. And then there wasn't um, uh, and there wasn't one focused on companies who were actually like 
raising money in the space and, and doing things like that. And the, the sort of um, agenda has, has, has evolved over the years to add a lot more about building on the various blockchains, to add a lot more about like the enterprise blockchain space, to add a lot more about security tokens and things like that. But in general, if you look at the content, especially on the main stage, um, it's it's a lot about investing in different types of companies, investing in Bitcoin, investing in uh, in in crypto, and it's it's actually probably less about investing in crypto and, and Bitcoin, and more about investing in the companies building on it, and that's partly because uh, you know selfish reasons we want to invest in the companies building in the space, um, and partly because that's you know, the focus of our conference from the beginning. And there are awesome crypto conferences all over the place. Um, uh, but as far as we know, there isn't one that has a focus like ours that runs the way we do in terms of like mainstream adoption being such an important focus and helping the companies uh, who are building in the space meet investors. Like it's just, there, there isn't that. And we sort of fill that role. And because of it, people come from all over the world for it. And by the way, LA Blockchain Week is going to be epic this year. Like starting this Sunday, um, there are a ton of awesome events. And almost all of them are free. And even CIS, um, if you uh, work for it and it's not very hard, um, we have straight on our website ways to get free tickets. But I also have... Um, a code for uh, for for your audience for free tickets too. So the first twenty people to use the code. What the heck did we we say it was? The um, CEP. CEP. Yes, yeah. sir. Yeah. If you use the code CEP, you get a free ticket. So uh, so do it. Um, that's that's what you get for listening to me answer that one question for like fifteen minutes. <laughs> no, no, man. I I very much appreciate it, and I I really want to thank you for extending that offer to my audience. Um, because I always like to, you know, try to provide something for them on the episode. If it's not knowledge, uh, which you've already been providing a lot of, it's, you know, tickets to this conference to come out and see what it's all about. Um, and I, I love what you guys did. You know, you were at a conference yourself. You saw a problem. Uh, you were like, there's no investors here. There's no companies here. What are we doing here? We could have, like you said, that beer back home in LA and you're pretty much having that same conversation. Uh, so you decided, all right, let's make a conference for the investors and for the companies. Let's bring them together um, and let's get some people investing in the space and kind of growing it out. Um, so I really appreciate you giving us kind of the thought process behind it and then, you know, kind of who this conference is for. Um, do you think you could talk about some of those big names just to get people interested? Um, I know they love hearing, oh, this guy's going to be there or that woman's going to be there, you know. Some, something like yeah, that. yeah, we've got yeah, we've got some of the uh, the regulars uh, of the space, like like the uh, uh, Peter McCormick and Pomp are are both going to be doing doing a few sessions. Um, we're sort of opening the show with with Tim Draper uh, coming in again. He's uh, he, we we were a partner with the Draper Venture Network, which is really really awesome. And like I said, his son, Adam, was one of my first uh, clients when I was doing uh, Invested In and, and uh, helped him launch Boost. And so, uh, you know, like I've, I, they're part of the reason why I probably know as much as I do about crypto. 
Um, and so I love having him sort of open up the show when I can. Uh, he's done that a few times. And I think last time he had the last minute Skype in, but at this moment, uh, less than a week before the conference, we're on schedule to have him be there in person and do some cool stuff. Um, and we have Catherine, um, from, uh, from the CEO of Binance USA doing a fireside chat, which will be really, really cool. We have a guy who is the managing director of eToro USA doing a cool fireside chat and making a huge announcement for eToro. Um, we have, uh, uh, I think, oh, shoot, uh, what was the exact number? I sent a, a funny thing out last night, but like 30 something investors on the main stage um, at CIS speaking and um, over 700, I think, or 800 uh, as of yesterday, um, people who, when they registered, they said they're investors. That You have to take that one with a grain of salt because it's like self-declared, but that's just insanely valuable for anybody who comes. And it's, it's a cool thing to, to know and do, especially if you're an entrepreneur. Yeah, can't talk today, an entrepreneur. So, um, but, but yeah, there's, if you check out the uh, speaker page on the website, there's a lot more I'm sure I'm forgetting. And, um, it, it also depends on like what, what you're doing. So like, you know, um, I, uh, didn't really put as much stock on like the few politicians that are participating, but like the state, um, <laughs> I'm so bad. I forgot his title. It's like the, um, uh, the California State uh, uh, Assembly uh, member um, Ian Calderon. He is the majority leader for the for the state of California. He's he's going to be on uh, one of the panels talking about regulation and stuff, which is which is pretty epic. And we have a couple other polit politicians participating. Um, we have uh, the head of blockchain for IBM uh, for Microsoft. Microsoft, for Oracle, um, somebody from Google. So like all these super large companies, but but then there's just really awesome crypto entrepreneurs participating also, like like David Blesnack from Total, um, who's building some really cool shit. Um, and then, you know, like uh, Alex Mashinsky uh, from from Celsius. And, and uh, it's it's just going to be really, really cool. So so those are some names off the top of my head. But like, uh, but yeah, check out the, the speaker page. And, and depending on your angle and what you're looking at, there's probably some cool speakers that you'll want to, uh, to, uh, to corner. Yeah, man. I mean, those are just some massive, massive names. Uh, you know, you start off with Peter and Pomp. Those are, you know, two of the most well known guys, at least on crypto Twitter, they're everywhere, they're killing it. Yeah. Um, you know, they're kind of an inspiration to me because I've got my tiny podcast and they've got their big booming podcasts and then everything else they do. Um, and you talked about Tim Draper, of course, a very well-known name. Uh, I believe you mentioned Catherine. I think it's Ol Olsen, Olin. Oh, what is it? Cooley, mm. Cooley. Cooley. There we go. <laughs> Not even close <laughs> with mine. Uh, it's, but no, and, uh, yeah, but it's, um. But yeah, I, I keep wanting to figure out how you pronounce her last name too. That's why I remembered. Um, there, uh, her last there we name. go. Yeah, yeah, she I, she's a CEO. I'll, I'll ask her. There we go. When we're there, we can ask her. But yeah, she's CEO of Binance US. They're starting to blow up. Uh, you said you had someone from eToro who's going to be there with a big announcement. I think I know a couple of those announcements. So if we're on the same page, they've got some huge stuff going on. Um, and then you talked about you know. You've got politicians and then these guys from these huge companies um, that we've all heard of. Uh, you know, you've got Oracle, 
uh, Microsoft, Google, you know, the head of their blockchain department. So you've got pretty much everyone from, you know, every aspect of the blockchain crypto industry that's going to be here. Um, so I really appreciate you kind of just walking it through, walking us through the, those names. Um, and of course, there's so many more that we didn't mention. You can check them out on the speakers page. Um, but I, I'm amped. I'm I'm very much looking forward to being there. And the fact that you're giving away, you know, 20 extra tickets to my audience is unbelievable to me. Um, so to anyone who's listening to this, if you're in Southern California, you cannot miss this conference. Um, like I said, we're going to have a link in the description where you can grab those tickets. Um, and again, thank you for that. Um, so you, you, you are working on a lot of stuff and you've got some really big things going on now, and I'm sure you've got some big things in the pipeline. Uh, so can you just talk to us about what you're most excited for in the next 12 months or so? Yeah, yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to sleep after the event. Uh, <laughs> that is fair. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's. Uh, but but I'm 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 uh, lying to myself if I say that that I will because uh, you know I I joked with Joseph the other day um, that uh, I said something like like how come all of our goals. Um, don't end at the goal. Like they're all, every goal we have is the beginning of something that's harder than the thing it takes to get to that goal. And it's like, it's, it's kind of nuts, but it's, it's kind of the way most entrepreneurs are wired anyway. It's like, okay, we got to raise money for a company. And once you finish raising money, now you actually start like now that's the beginning. That's yeah. the end. And, then, and then, and then there, you know, and then you keep going. Right. So, so, uh, we, uh, you know, for me, the things I'm looking forward to are sort of the next evolution of, of GHV and what we're building and what we're doing. Um, we're uh, hoping to make a really big announcement on stage at CIS, but if it doesn't happen on stage soon after the event, we'll be we'll be making some some big announcements around that. Um, I'm really excited to see some of our portfolio companies kind of uh, level up. Um, I know that like Total and Lunar Crush and Onera are all doing really epic things uh, for Talo, like, pretty much all of them. So it's like, it's really cool because now uh, we kind of get to live vicariously through them and, and as we, we try and help and amplify everything we do. So, um, so, so all of those things. And I think for the whole industry in general, we're, we're getting to some, some maturities that I think are really uh, cool and important. Like, all of this arguing about Libra and all of the, the sort of bullshit pandering politician stuff that's going on in, in that world is only legitimizing uh, Bitcoin and crypto more. It's uh, every time, you know, like uh, Brad Sherman, who's actually local to me, says some some stupid ass thing about how, like, you know, uh, Bitcoin's only used by money launderers and then like, completely disregards like actual facts that that FinCEN put out <laughs> yeah. um, uh, just literally amplifies the importance of this whole industry and he showed he's basically showing every the world the use cases and I think that we really are at, at a point where things are, are going to get really interesting even if we don't get to this like uh, uh, decentralized idealistic future we really really want like in the short term 
Um, all of these enterprise level things, um, uh, all of these uh, security token type of situations that are becoming more and more legitimate are 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 like gateway drugs for for the general masses to participate in this space. I, I'm like a punk rocker growing up, and when uh, Green Day or uh, Green Day isn't a great example because uh, they sort of evolved over time. Like uh, I was in high school probably, or or fresh out of high school and like blink 182 became popular and all the cool kids club of 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 punk rock just like it's, it's almost exactly the same as the shit that goes down on crypto twitter and people talking shit about all this stuff where would just make fun of everyone who, who who would like uh who would like these bands right they'd be like oh they're mainstream that's bullshit that's not real punk that's not real this like that guy is like that guy is a, a millionaire he's not really a real punk rocker whatever the, the bullshit thing they were arguing about was they would, uh, everyone would talk trash about it. But then a few years went by, that fly-by-night company, or, company, uh, or a band or whatever would kind of like go away or, or that one-hit wonder would go away. And a certain percentage of the people that got sucked in to that whole genre of music because of that company learned about the, the, the real stuff, learned the fundamentals, right? Like you come in because some, because some idiot texts you that Bitcoin cash is faster than Bitcoin and you should check it out and like look at this all time high and all these people get sucked into something they have no, no idea about. And then most of those people leave when, when the price goes down or never participate, but they heard about it. But a certain percentage comes in, actually learns about it, actually participates and it brings a whole new life into an industry. And each one of those cycles just grows the base and grows the base and grows the base and i think we're at a spot like you'll see at the conference like yeah uh, a year ago last october it probably was a bigger conference when we had wozniak up on stage and uh the attendance numbers i at least at the moment you know things change a lot in the last week but like at the moment it'll be a little bit smaller of a conference attendance wise but i will bet that the quality will be 10x what it was uh at that point and the companies in the room and the investors in the room, the people in the room are uh, know so much more and really are building and doing cool things in the space. So you see that stuff and uh, it just it's just apparent that that we're we're gonna hit that like that hockey stick or that inflection point where people start to use it and understand it more and more and more, you know, like the questions, uh, I don't know about you, but I would get, you know, a text from a friend of the family or like from my best friend's wife saying like, like, again, going back to that, that funny example, like I heard Bitcoin cash is faster than Bitcoin and it's cheaper. Should I buy some? And you're thinking in your head, like, I, I don't want you to spend almost any money, even if it was straight up on Bitcoin, because you, you don't know what, what this is. And I have no idea if this is expendable money or if you're like mortgaging your house to, to, to do this. And, and so I would have to hop on the phone and talk to people about it. But like you would get those really basic, uh, sometimes stupid questions uh, from, from friends and family before. And I think now the questions and the, the, uh, the participation is a lot more uh, just informed and educated. And, and the more that happens, like the more we're just going to get adoption and the more adoption, the, the better it is for the industry. Like the, the, I think a few people have posted recently that like the price is an indicator of something, 
but it's not necessarily an indicator of the the uh, the uh, sort of um, quality or uh, health of the whole industry. The actual usage is, and more people using it, more people participating in it. It's why I'm more on the side of people who get really angry for for folks that won't transact in crypto because they're 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 holding or hodling, right? Like, okay, you can you can hold that thousand dollars that million dollars that 10 million dollars, whatever you want to hold hold but to further the industry you have to use it sometimes like i, I I'm, a, I'm a firm believer of that and so so i i try to do stuff like when i meet new companies i tell them if i can use my cell phone because i i want the user experience to be good if i can use my cell phone to buy your product or participate in your product with crypto uh you know, before tomorrow or on the flight home or whatever the, the sort of thing is that I say to them uh, in that moment, uh, I will be a customer. And uh, I've, you know, unfortunately, more than half the time, the products aren't ready to be used that way. But uh, the half the time that, that it works, I, I do, you know, buy stuff in crypto or, or transact on websites in crypto for that reason. Um, and then when it doesn't work, I explain to people why it didn't work and ask them if there's a way to make it happen and, and try to kind of push them to do it. Because like, if we're being real and being uh, honest, like most products we buy and use now are straight from our phones. If we can't participate in the crypto world that way, it's going to be really hard to get the the sort of masses to participate. So completely i totally went on the longest rant ever there uh probably not answering your question because i already forgot what it was no you actually did touch on it and then you you, you talked on you kind of elaborated and went on a bit of a tangent but i i like what you were saying and i agree with what you're saying about the fact that we're kind of at this tipping point where we're starting to mature you know we have people talking we're in the news crypto's in the news almost every single day uh it's being put in front of congress uh the tax laws are being changed because of it uh you know there's there's a lot going on and it is you know this maturing that we're seeing versus a year ago two years ago when everyone was in here just for the hype and the money um so i liked what you were saying about you know the, the conference may be smaller but it's going to the you know the value that you're going to get from the conference um, and the people there are going to be 10 times as dedicated um, and willing to put in that work that needs to happen to spread adoption um, but no the question originally just was you know other than this the conference in this next week you know what are you most excited for uh, and you mentioned sleep because you know you've got you've got a conference coming up in a week. I'm sure you're up working 15, 16 hour days to get it ready, um, and I'm I'm looking forward to the conference because of that. Um, and then you know you just talked about how it's really never ending, um, and I think anyone who's listening to this and any entrepreneur can really you know vibe with that. Uh, once you once you meet a deadline or a goal, there's always something bigger and better that you got to take on after the fact. Um, and you also talked about, you know, just watching your portfolio of all these different companies kind of mature and grow and uh, start to realize some of that gain and that benefit from these investments that you guys have made. Um, so I, I'm looking forward to what you guys have uh, coming up in the next, you know, 12, 6 to 12 months. Uh, you did talk about GHV and an announcement that you're going to be making on stage or shortly thereafter. Um, I, I, I know when I ask this question, it's tough because... 
you got to keep stuff under wraps until you can actually release the info. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to be at the conference. Can't wait to hear about it. Um, and thank you for kind of giving us this timeline on, you know, what you guys got going on for the future. Um, now I really appreciate everything we've talked about so far. And I do want to end with one last thing. Um, and you kind of touched on it a little bit, um, with regards to that feeling that you got when you were at the conference and what this next conference is going to be like. Um, but can you just give my audience a tip on how to make the most out of this conference experience? Um, because I don't know if you've noticed on CT, um, which is crypto Twitter, uh, that a lot of people mm -hmm. have found these conferences, not yours in particular, just conference, crypto conferences in general, to be a little lackluster, and uh, they don't think they're getting too much out of them. Uh, so can you just give us some tips on how to make the most of it? Because um, I feel like some people are doing it a little bit wrong, yeah. in a sense. I, I, you're, you're totally right. And I think that I've done conferences wrong in the past. I've done conferences right. And I, I think I thought we were going to sort of try and build a conference that was like so extremely different, that is like so valuable for everyone. But there's certain things that just like, they're a part of the conference and some people, they're different. Everyone is different. Right. So I have, uh, you know, uh, I, I'm, not good at sitting in one room and watching hours of content and I wouldn't be able to uh, to absorb it in that way um, probably ever um, but there's certain certain uh, categories of talks and things that that do work for me but then there's other people who literally for them the experience of a conference is to be in that room and to just stare at the stage for for you know, 12 hours and just suck in all the content and, and it works for them and that's awesome um we we try to make it work for for both ends of that spectrum so like we have a lot of different content on stage and different types of content so like we try to do like live podcasts or live tv show tapings uh, which you know creates just like a unique dynamic but what we also do is we don't really allow people to give the same talk that they give at every single conference at our conference. There's no um, sort of like, you know, every conference, I, mean, I would be a, a total goddamn liar if I said that like nobody paid to be on stage at the conference. Technically nobody paid to be on stage at the conference, but there are sponsorship options for the conference where you get a booth, you get all the other stuff and all the marketing we do and all that, where you end up with uh, a keynote or a, or a, uh, or a fireside chat. Like that said, um, uh, we don't do like that basic thing that a lot of other conferences do, which is like pay 10 grand, get 10 minutes on the stage or pay five grand, get 10 minutes on the stage. Because if you go to those conferences and you sit in the room, it's literally just company after company giving their 10 minute pitch. Um, and it gets really boring. And it also creates a ton of content that if you sat at home and Googled the name of that speaker, you'd probably find three videos of them giving that same talk already. So like we try to mix it up. Like even when we in the past have gotten, uh, you know, people like Steve Wozniak to agree to come to our conference, we wouldn't let him just give a keynote. Like we literally uh, told them like, we'd love to have him, but here's a few options of people we have to interview him because we would love to create unique content on the stage. So, so there's that. And, and going back to your question, um, uh, 
and of course the panels, we do the same thing. Like we get people on panels and we try to mix it up. We try to put competitors on the same panels. And we try to get people to purposely, you know, like be controversial, but not in an asshole way. There've been a couple of times where moderators were, were not cool or people on panels were not cool. And we make it clear to them that like, we're not okay with you being that way. And we'll probably not invite you back if, if you continue to be that way. Um, not that we don't want people to disagree. Like it would be really freaking weird if everyone just agreed with each other all the time and it would suck for content, but we don't want people to just be like that sort of what's wrong with politics today kind of thing where it's like, Oh, I disagree with you. So you're the enemy and I hate you and you're a horrible person like that. That's not going to fix anything. And that's not going to actually tell us why you think your idea is better than mine. So tell me why you think it's better and let's argue about it. Um, so, so like we like that stuff. So we try to make the content not super boring to just sit through because if you do that, then, then all the value you get out of the conference is hanging out in the halls. Um, and, but hanging out in the halls is super valuable for, for people coming to conferences. And what I will say to most, and I'm guilty of this at a lot of conferences is don't go to the conference, stick your head in the room, watch some panels walk out to like the bathroom or walk up and down the halls, check out the companies on the expo floor and just kind of wander around um, that you can do that. But if you're not like a naturally talkative person, um, uh, go up to the booths and they'll start talking to you. Like go start talking to people. And as you get more and more comfortable just talking to random people, the, the biggest value you'll get out of these conferences is, is meeting people. And sometimes it takes going to two, three conferences and seeing some of the same people um, uh, at some of those before you get comfortable doing that kind of stuff. But like there is like this awesome, happy medium of looking at like the agenda and going like, okay, cool. I definitely want to be in that session and see what's going on. I definitely want to be in that place and see what's going on. I definitely want to walk the expo floor and I want to hang out in the hallways. And if your job is to sell some product and just hang in the hallways and meet people and exchange business cards, you'll probably be good at that. Right. But like most of us aren't naturally that way. <laughs> we might be that way on, on, on crypto Twitter and be real talkative, but like real life will be you know, totally cool hanging in the corner, staring at our feet or, or being on Twitter in the corner of a conference. Uh, but, but like, what's really cool about what we do is we give so many community spaces and so much stuff. Like you'll be able to like, like, uh, uh, you'll be able to walk around and see half of the, the crypto Twitter people with like their own booths recording, like a, a podcast or like doing something like that. And you'll literally be able to see them in real life and say hi and talk to them and is goofy and stupid as all our arguments are on Twitter, um, like we're, everyone is really, really fucking cool. Like it's, uh, you're, you're, so you'll get to meet really cool people, um, good people. And, uh, and I, I think that's where the value comes, right? Like don't expect to sit in a room the whole time cause you'll be bored and you'll be like, screw this conference. It's, this is boring uh, because you'll be in a, you know, in a segment that's all lawyers talking about regulation and that won't be your thing. But there's a nerd sitting next to you that's obsessed with that part of the conference. And uh, and so during that part of the conference, you should be walking the expo floor, running into the people who are doing the things that you're you're into. So I, I would take advantage of, of kind of the fact that we have so many different things going on at once 
and be good about talking to people. Be good about just introducing yourself to people. Everyone, you know, okay, not everyone is there alone, but everyone is there to meet people. Like nobody goes to a conference going, like, I don't want to talk to anybody this whole time I come to the conference. Like maybe if they do, they're sitting in the in the room watching the content anyway, and you'll never come across them. But like we're all a bunch of freaking nerds, either from the finance world or for the tech world or some blend in between who are probably not the most social people. Nobody's going to be mad at you for walking up to them and going like, hi, I'm Charles. Like, what the hell do you do? Why are you here? And, uh, and, and that, that's like, that, that's, that's how, how you do it. And, and that, I don't know if there's anything more valuable well, ever in, in, in the world, in any aspect of the world, other than people and, and uh, relationships and community. But especially when you go to a conference, like, that's the whole point. You, you'll every every piece of content on stage we will put on YouTube late for free for everyone to see. So you know you'll want to see it live. It's way more cool to see it live. It's way more fun to see it live. It's awesome to rush you know pomp after he gets off stage and try to hang out with him. But like you uh, you'll get the content afterwards. The people being in the room with that that's that's the thing that you don't get anywhere else if you, unless you come to a conference like. We, we, we're super lucky nowadays. Like we're on Twitter and we get all the information we want, all the news like to the second. And, uh, and so, you know, it's, it is straight up all about watching people in real life and then meeting them in real life and, and building relationships. So just chase people down, talk to them, be their friend. Uh, you'll, uh, that, that's where the value is. And if, if you don't get value uh, from a conference, but there was a ton of people there and there were a ton of good people there, you fucked up. It's not the conference that did a bad job. Like, yeah, I bet there's going to be things that I screw up on that you think is better at a different conference, uh, which I will probably agree with you on. Um, but if I got the right people to the conference, I did 99% of my job. Um, and uh, that's why I literally talked to all the other conference organizers uh, some of them are like are real weird where they try to like act like everyone's competition and they don't treat each other nicely. But like uh, most of them are pretty awesome. Most of them are friends of ours and we promote their events. We go to their events. We speak at their events. They come to ours. They speak at ours. They do things like that. And like we're totally cool because it's it's we're all in this brand new industry and so you'll you'll get like i said uh, I'm, I'm, I'm rambling again but but the value of the conferences are the people and take advantage of that and uh and don't be shy that's that's my thing that's where i've screwed up in the past so i, I try to tell people that all the time yeah it sounds like you know you and i are a little bit similar um and i really like that you guys have this conference set up where you know there's stuff for everybody to do so you may be that person who just wants to sit in and listen to lectures all day that's fine you can do that if you're not that type of person there's these open areas there's booths you can go up and you can talk to people um but i, I really like what you're saying about you know we're all kind of dorky people um, we're all in this new industry. We're all excited for what's happening. Um, and so when you get us all together in a room, you know, maybe there is a little bit of awkwardness at first. But if you get out there and you talk to people, um, I can guarantee you that they're as excited as you are. Um, when I first went to my first couple meetups, they were in Long Beach, L.A., that kind of area. I sat there. I didn't say much. I talked with a few people. I was like, ah, these meetups really aren't for me. 
I went to a few more after that. I really started networking with people. I started talking with everybody in the room, making connections, talking about my podcast, telling people, hey, let's get you on, et cetera, et cetera. I found the value in them, you know, increase exponentially. So for me and for you, we kind of have the same tip, you know, get out there, talk to people. Um, the worst they're going to say is, you know, hey, I'm busy or I got other things to do. Um, don't be embarrassed. But, but they, pro- yeah, but they, they won't. probably won't. Yeah, they probably won't. That's the totally thing, cool. you know, like uh, ev- everyone's as yeah. excited as you are is what I really want to get across. Um, so. I, you've you know walked us through so much today. You've talked about your past, uh, this conference, what you guys have got going on in the future, um, and how to really have a good time at this conference that's coming up next week. Uh, again, for my listeners, it's the 15th and the 16th. And uh, like Alon was saying, um, he's got 20 free tickets. We're going to have a link in the description. Um, you can click on that, and the code that you will use, the promo code, is CEP for Crypto Entrepreneurs Podcast, um, and that'll get you a free ticket. So I really hope to see some of you guys out there. Um, and before we go, Alon, do you have anything else that you wanted to mention or anything that you want my audience to know? Well, I want you guys to uh, come out, have a good time, and if you don't make it, uh, then check out all the cool content that comes out from it try to follow live on Twitter and, and all that stuff. But like, honestly, thank you guys all for listening this far. Uh, and, and thanks for supporting this podcast because this is, this is awesome. Uh, and I appreciate you, uh, giving me the time to, uh, ramble on. Um, and, uh, and I can't wait to see everyone, uh, uh, next week. And if not hit me up online, if you have any questions, uh, I may not respond till after the conference though. <laughs> yeah, you're busy, but yeah, no, like you were saying, everything's going to be online after the fact. If people can't make it, uh, obviously if they're not in Southern California, it'll be a little bit difficult. Um, but we'll have a link to your Twitter, um, to any other Twitters, Twitter um, handles that you would like me to include uh, for the conference, et cetera, et cetera, um, and any links as well. Um, so check out check out all that stuff down below, guys. Um, and again, I really just want to thank you for taking the time. All right, guys, that wraps up another episode. And I just want to take a quick second to ask you a huge favor. If you found anything in the episode helpful or it's been inspiring to you in any way, I just ask that you share it with your friends, family, anyone you know on social media, um, and hopefully we can help them out as well. Have a good one.